Alright guys, welcome to episode 23 of the CFL Podcast. We've got Chris, Tony, and Chuck here, and tonight we have a special guest, Jeff Becker. We're going to be previewing, well, to be honest, we told Jeff that we're going to be previewing the Fantasy Bowl, but actually, Jeff, um, this is a intervention. Um, yeah. The three of us are just concerned about your team name, and we really want you to change your name back to the Wonder Bread Warriors. Um, so each of us are going to take turns speaking um, to you. Um, but any initial thoughts on that? If you if you agree to it, then we don't need to waste our yeah, time. Yeah, I mean, there's only one boat that matters here, right? I mean, I don't know, man. I'm looking at a poll on the CFL website, and it we we voted on this, and it was seven to two. Um, but I digress. We'll move on. But please change your name. We all really want you to. Don't digress. I will convince. I will. This is, I will, this is important. I will confess, I was the second vote saying you can keep Generic Bread Warriors if you want it. So, sorry, guys. Shame. Shame, Chuck. Yeah, that's ridiculous, man. What what are you going to end up being, Chuck? Like, the the Slim Toad Warriors? Like, (laughs) maybe. I don't know. We'll see. No, that's that's not allowed. Like, when there's nostalgia, you cannot change the team name, and that's, that's probably what's hurting jeff right now like it's mm-hmm. it's the wonder red warriors there's like he has to go back to it i i came into this league he was the wonder red warriors and he left it and i mean there's there's a void in my heart that cannot be filled mm-hmm. unless it's by wonder bread and i'm a, i'm a little disappointed right now jeff yep i i thought i, I just be more receptive to this i just loved it every time we'd have somebody new in the league their first time at the draft every single one of them would comment to jeff you know, you're the guy with the the, the Wonder Bread <laughs> loaf of bread is your logo, and they thought it was so cool. And then you go change your freaking name. Ridiculous. I, I was ahead of the, I was ahead of the sponsorship curve. I was mm. a trailblazer. <laughs> yep. All right, we'll move on here. Uh, in the news this week, uh, picks ten through twelve are now known. Um, so pick ten will be the Lily Lickers, pick eleven the Whammy Doodles, and pick twelve Big Earns Fatherless Families. The rest of the picks will be determined based on the uh, final results of the playoffs here. And then keep in mind, we also have 117 battle for that going on. Uh, although that looks like it's probably going to be Tony, thanks to uh, uh, drawing a blank here. How am I drawing a blank? 54 Kamara. points. Alvin Kamara. Yeah, wow. The most touchdowns by a running back since 1929. And can... Can we actually like have a sidebar about that real quick about how sure. awful Sean Payton is? I mean, do it. Let's do it. So Alvin Kamara has five touchdowns going into. I mean, I don't remember exactly what it was. I think it was three minutes and forty-eight seconds, mm-hmm. and he decides to pull Kamara off the field and give a touchdown to Taysom Hill. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Could have tied at that point. Like, how terrible is that? That's his kid, though. I mean, he has to give his kid the carry. 
Yeah. Oh. At least he got it later, but yeah, he could have had seven. So I, mean, I feel that, bad for and, my dad. And, but. and that would have been the NFL record. I mean, that would yeah. have been the NFL record. Like yep. he he tied it instead off of, you know, obviously you've got the Saints playing against a god awful Viking secondary with four rookie quarterbacks, and of course, mm-hmm. um, they have a guy that runs slower than molasses that takes a pass to the house like forty seven yards and gets tackled at the one yard line. And I remember sitting at my ex's house and Harper's like, that guy's going to get another touchdown. And she's <laughs> six. And I'm laughing. I'm like, you don't even know who the fuck this is. Mm-hmm. And he's going to score a touchdown. Like she already knew. And then of course, Kamara plunges in, but that would have been seven. That would have been an NFL record. And I got to think in that locker room. And I know that records obviously like are what they strive for, like winning rings and shit like that. But if I'm Alvin Kamara, I'm looking at Sean Payton and it's like, dude, what a dick. Like, I literally could have had a record. And I'm not even saying that from a fantasy standpoint, because obviously six touchdowns mm-hmm. is going to help me super hard in winning the 117, which, by the way, like, you mentioned an intervention before, and I got to segue to that. Like, this is the first podcast that I've ever heard of two guys are willing to concede a championship and just give it to the best team overall. So, Jeff, Chuck, I got to thank you. Like. I'm happily willing to accept my title this week on behalf of the CFFL in 2020 in a weird year. Like, thanks guys. It, it feels really good. <laughs> like I, I'm super happy to accept this championship. Thank sure. you. Sure. This is easier thing to do just to both concede and get it over with and let it go do a good place. I mean, we heard it 50%, Jeff. Yeah, I don't, I, yeah, I mean, <laughs> congratulations on, on claiming victory for yourself. Oh, um, just, come on, Jeff. I thought this was going to be easier than being undercut, but all right, <laughs> that's fine. We, we can move on anyways. All right. Just a couple more news items here. Um, you know, we're close to the end here and we'll have payouts as soon as they are, uh, opened up by league safe. I believe that is just literally one or two days after the the last game here. So um, I think we have enough funds or close to it to cover all of the payouts in our league safe balance. So we'll get those out immediately for you guys. So thank you everyone for paying. The last thing is the roster cut down. Um, you know, as, as we did last year for the first time, um, it's full dynasty. And so we're going to keep our entire rosters in the off season, but you need to be down to 25 um, plus your taxi um, by the Super Bowl. So um, what that means is anyone that's on IR needs to come off IR. So either need to drop them. Even if they're on there for COVID. Yep. Even if they're on there for COVID. So once the season's over by the Super Bowl, you need to be have your roster down to 25. So anyone that's on IR or COVID IR needs to be either dropped outright or free up another roster spot to move them to your roster. <clears throat> So 25, there should be nobody left on, on IR. But keep your taxi players on taxi if you want to. They do not count towards your 25. They can stay on through next year up till the draft. They can stay on for two years, three years, ten years. It doesn't matter. But they, they can only come off there once. So if you want to keep a rookie on there for three years and then all of a sudden he's good and you want to start him, you can do that then. But don't take them off now. If you take them off accidentally, 
you're screwed. Just leave them if you want to leave them there. They don't count towards your 25. So, anything else to add? All right, so the reason we're here, we'll talk about the playoffs. So, um, since our last episode, we've had the first two rounds of the playoffs. Um, I'll just kind of recap for those that haven't been paying attention. Uh, Ripon and Ateran advanced to the semifinals. They beat Big Earns. Um, Chuck had a bye. Uh, Charlie's Angels defeated the Whammy Doodles in the first round. And uh, Jeff here defeated Lily. Thank you. All of us, thank you so much, Jeff, for doing that. Um, so one interesting note here is the final four this year were the same four teams as last year. Uh, so Ripon and Ateran, Matt Mitchell, Chuck, Charlie Walker with Charlie's Angels, and then Generic Bread Warriors. So the same four teams. And then, uh, as you probably know, we have the same two teams in the championship game. So it's a rematch of last year's title game with the Webtoed Wonders and the Generic Bread Warriors. Then uh, playing for third is going to be uh, Charlie's Angels versus Ripon and Terran. And then 117, it's the Top Cats going up against uh, Tony here. But like we said, uh, Tony had Kamara go off for 54 points, I believe. So that game probably is decided. Although I will say the Top Cats players that have played so far have done quite well. So... You never know. You never know. So we're going to talk to Chuck and Jeff here in a few minutes and uh, get their thoughts on their um, journeys to get to where they're at and maybe talk a little friendly trash. But uh, I pulled some uh, interesting notes here uh, that I'll share with you. So um, these clearly, we don't. this isn't always the case, but clearly this year we have the two top teams in the championship game. Uh, these two teams clearly deserve to be in there. Uh, Chuck was 13-1. and one. Jeff was 10 and three. Those are the two best records. Um, Chuck won the Denny division was the number one seed. Jeff won the Tice division was the number two seed. Um, looking at all play top two teams. Again, Chuck had 194 all play wins. Jeff 170 uh, points per game. One and two. Again, Chuck 170.3 Jeff 160.8. Uh, Chuck had the number one offense in the league. Yeah. 104, almost 105 points a game. And just from his offensive players, Becker was number two with 103 from his offense. Defense is where we see a little separation. Uh, Chuck was the number one defense with 63 a game. And uh, Jeff was number eight with uh, about 53 a game. So there's about a 10-point difference there with the defense. I think that's uh, that could be the deciding factor here. Um, to show you the strength of these two teams, granted, we switched to the extra uh, all IDP scoring this year. So... This year's scores are inflated a little bit versus previous years, but check this out. Eight of the top 16 highest scoring games of all time were between these two teams this season. So if you look at the top 16 scores of all time, eight of them are going to be Chuck or Jeff from this year. So that's pretty remarkable. Um, going to talk to these guys about their rosters and their journey here, but want to point out a couple things, and I'll get their, their opinions on this in a second. Um, they took different strategies to get to where they're at. Um, Becker was extremely active in trades. He made 25 trades. Most of them were during the offseason. Only two were during the regular season. But he is very, very busy trading in the offseason um, to get to where he is. Uh, Chuck made only eight trades. And out of those eight, seven of them were during the offseason as well. So only one trade during the regular season. Waiver wire. This one I'm... I'm confused by, and I want to ask him about this. Uh, Chuck only made three waiver pickups all year where he had to bl put blind bid dollars on people. 
only three the entire season. And Becker did 17. And I think those are probably both fairly low. Um, but you see the different paths these guys took. Uh, Becker was extremely active. Um, I'd imagine, you know, Eric would be the most active. Becker's probably number two or close to it. That's a lot of trades, a lot of pickups. Um, Chuck, hardly any trades, hardly any waiver moves. Um, but the strength of his team was pretty clear. Um, and I, uh, what I'm ask you right now, Chuck, just real quick, as far as pickups during the season, I mean, three waiver pickups, and you had, I think, 100 bucks left over. That doesn't seem very active at all, but I don't think that was because you weren't paying attention. I have to think that's because your roster was so deep that maybe it's hard to justify, you know, picking someone up for a week rental. Yeah, honestly, I just, it was, most of the time there was, there really wasn't anybody I was ready to cut um, for any, even a pickup with potential. I had, I was happy with how I was positioned at all my backups for all the positions. And so I was in pretty much just ride out my roster situation outside of, you know, injuries or whatnot. Mm -hmm. So that's really, yeah. I mean, I don't endorse not being active on the waiver wire at all. It's more just a different situation. I mean, hopefully, I mean, very well with how my team is structured next year could be like that. Hopefully it's not because usually I like being active on the waiver wire and finding steals. So, mm -hmm. All right. So I'm going to go through Becker's roster compared 2019 versus 2020. Uh, we're going to just talk through his journey here. Actually, Beck, Tony had to hop off for just a second. Sorry, I thought that was Jeff for a second. No problem, dude. Um, so Becker, let's talk through this. So looking at your roster, um, when you look at the quarterback spot, um, last year you had Cam Newton and Deshaun Watson. Um, this year ended up being uh, Deshaun Watson, basically. But most of the season you had uh, Matthew Stafford as your quarterback. Um, ended up back with Watson. But the crazy thing here, the biggest difference between this year and last year, your running backs. Uh, last year your, your, your team was built around Zeke Elliott and Devonta Freeman. Um, you got rid of both of them in favor of Nick Chubb and Josh Jacobs. Um, <clears throat> so let's just, before I get your take here, Jeff, um, looking at your trades involving these guys. So back in March, so in the off season, um, you traded Deshaun Watson and Zeke Elliott, two of the core pieces of your team last year that won the title. And you got back uh, Josh Jacobs and one, too. I imagine the, the reason there is to maybe get, get younger. Um, so I just want to, you know, A, ask, is that kind of what you were looking at doing? And then B, when you had pick one, two there, um, did you trade for that pick to get a certain player? Like, were you eyeing Josh Jake, or I'm sorry, uh, Jonathan Taylor uh, or CEH? Um, just kind of <clears throat> get your thoughts there now that it's yeah, enough time so, has passed. Yeah, no, a couple things. Uh, like, the whole goal there was, I think you had listed Def Devontae Freeman last year, but I think I think I traded for him right at the end of the season. So he wasn't really a contributor much, but um, just wanted to add a second um, a second elite back. Um, and really, I didn't have a whole lot to work with as trading wide receivers for running backs is near impossible. So um, yeah, the pick um, 
when I traded for it, I didn't really have a guy targeted at that time. What I will say is that um, a couple other leagues, um, I'm in 16 teams as well. Uh, I, I targeted the one, two, with, uh, hoping for Jonathan Taylor, and it worked out in both those leagues. And obviously, it would have been a moot point had I held on to it um, in this league. So, yeah. yeah, I just I just wanted to add a second back um, just to, you know, try to hang with guys like Chuck and whatnot. So that, that was the, the main goal there. Makes sense. So um, then on May 1st, you made another big trade. Um, you gave up some of the guys you just acquired here. So you gave up Josh Jacobs, uh, Mike Evans, another key contributor for you. Um, and the first round pick uh, you got back from um, Allen, uh, Zeke Elliott, Calvin Ridley, who turned out to be a key player for you this year and a couple picks. Um, any uh, anything you want to add to that? Uh, um, so this was this was a lot of boredom. This is kind of when we were all holed up here at the beginning of the, uh, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of my trades I made. I, I'm not going to lie. We're bottom of the roster churn, but this one. Uh, there was two things here that I was thinking, um, and um, first one was I was getting a little cold on Evans, um, based on uh, you know Brady moving, what the offense was going to look like, um, and uh, Calvin Ridley. Although I'm not a huge fan of him, um, just all the basic stuff everyone was talking about preseason. Mm-hmm. Um, vacated targets and all that nonsense um just made it made some sense i didn't view elliot and jacobs as that far apart although um you know i ended up flopping those guys around again later um so that was kind of a wash i think a lot of that was again probably boredom um but it worked out as ridley was uh, pretty strong this year yeah, I know what you mean about the boredom. I made a couple of trades um, around that time, April, May, out of boredom as well. Um, this was a pretty big one. Um, so then uh, shortly after that, a couple of weeks later, you made another large trade involving some of these same um, assets. So you gave up basically it was one second overall pick for Nick Chubb. That trade was with me. Um, just wondering, was that because we talked a while with trades involving one, two and Nick Chubb. Um, and it seemed you weren't interested and then you kind of came back and were interested. Well, I'm just wondering, was that maybe, did you kind of catch wind that Chuck was taking Jonathan Taylor and you weren't high on CEH or no, it, just, it wasn't, no, it wasn't that. Um, I think if you go and look at, um, how I've done stuff historically, I don't really draft a lot of guys. Um, I'd rather just take the value with a guy that's been in the league and, and knowing what you're getting. And mm-hmm. just my goal was to repeat or three-peat. Mm-hmm. I just I just felt that Chubb would give me a better shot than relying on a, on a, on a rookie. And to be honest, I, I probably would have took um, uh, Clyde as well. So okay. that probably wouldn't have helped me out much. Yeah. So – Looking, you know, starting off the season, then you got Chubb and, and Josh Jacobs to build your team around. That's really, really solid. I think anyone would have been happy with those as their two two running backs. And Tony, I see you're back. If you feel free to chime in with questions anytime here for Jeff. Um, 
so Becker, the next trade we want to cover here is in July, still before the season started. This was again with us. Um, you gave up AJ Brown. Um, ba- the core of the trade was basically AJ Brown, and then um, in return you got two receivers. Um, I think both of them had some injuries this year, if I'm remembering right, with Kirk and and Gallup, and then a first round pick in next year's draft from the Whammy Doodles. Um, any any thoughts on on the rationale with that at the time again no build, I, just as far as building your team for this yeah, year no i missed I, so i missed so the big thing here um again this is like with what i did with ridley just trying to identify guys that were on the cusp of breaking out mm-hmm. and i whiffed hard on Gallup and kirk um i was pretty high on both those guys coming into the year um especially kirk and that offense and I, the main thing i was just looking at was his targets, um, and last year um, he just wasn't real efficient with his targets, and he still had enough where if he would have hit, he would get the volume that was needed to be a wide receiver one. Um, I, I just was looking to add add depth, so just trading Brown for two guys that I had higher hopes for. I just whiffed completely whiffed. Sure. And uh, looking at the next one, I, I I see that I made a mistake. So you started the season with uh, Zeke Elliott and Nick Chubb, not 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 Josh Jacobs. I see in a second you traded back for him. Um, I see Tony. You've got a question here for Jeff. Uh, what well, wasn't necessarily a question. It was it was more going to be a validated statement. Um, I I understood what he did on that trade because. Let, let's be frank, uh, Ryan Tannehill coming into the season. Um, raise your hand if you thought that Tannehill was going to have the fantasy season that he did with the Titans again. Um, I I didn't. That That's for sure. Um, he, he was a nobody for four years in Miami. I did not expect him to come back and do what he's done so far. And obviously his stats have been inflated by... Uh, Henry's progression uh, in that offense, but more so, uh, I th- I think that what understates this trade for Becker is the fact that Dak Prescott and f- literally four fifths of that offensive line got hurt. Uh, Gallup is one of my favorite dark horse, deep sleeper wide receivers that unfortunately did nothing like. Your brother in another league that we're in has loved to state that Andy Dalton was going to be even better than Dak Prescott was. And I think that now that we enter week 17, we've found that it's been egregiously false and super <laughs> untrue. Like he is he is a trash compactor. And if I had to guess, um, Dallas would probably be better off signing Cam Newton to be a backup quarterback next year mm. because at least he has the moxie and the wherewithal, albeit not the shoulder strength, that he could start four to six games if necessary if Dak isn't back. Um, but yep. that, that that entire offense clearly runs to the fact that they have one of the best offensive lines in the NFL and they have a great quarterback that they stole in the sixth round. That's all there is to it. Um they need Dak to come back healthy and strong. And they need Tyron Smith. They need Zach Martin. Um, they need uh, Liddell Collins. They need all that to happen in order to be a team. And Michael Gallup, he was a super wide receiver coming into this year. But 
all those injuries definitely capped him, and not to mention C.D. Lamb. So, I mean, I, I saw what Becker did on that trade. He was trying to buy in early and often. Is he, is he probably upset that he traded A.J. Brown for it? Yeah, absolutely. But hindsight is definitely twenty twenty based on the year and uh, just foresight. So I, I yep. can't fault him for it. All right, next move. This was a key one. Uh, this was a free agent pickup. Uh, you bid, you got Mike Davis for a hundred blind bid dollars, and that, from outsider's perspective, uh, huge. Um, I know everyone had bid a ton on him that week. You got him, and was at the perfect time. Uh, you started him a lot when Nick Chubb was out, um, and more recently, um, J- I believe Jacobs missed a game or two. Did he not? Where you yeah. started him as well? Yeah, it was just. Pretty dumb luck there. Just worked out where um, he was super useful for a lot of weeks. Um, one question I have related to that. When you did that, were you um, planning to keep him and use him, or were you planning to trade him to no, I, I offered team, him for to, example? No, I, I offered him up to a couple guys and um, just couldn't get what I thought was fair for him. So just mm-hmm. hold on to him. Because I think right away, if I remember right, uh, when McCaffrey went out, I think he popped off right away for uh, like a 25-point game. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it, the window closed real quick, so I just held him. Yep. All right, so now you get into the only two trades you made, uh, well, at least of note. I think these were the only two trades you made during the season, but these were towards the end before the deadline, before Thanksgiving. And these two trades were the type of moves you make when you're shooting for the best possible team to win a title so uh at the end of november here you traded up uh, traded matthew stafford in a first round pick um to the clipstas for deshaun watson to get him back Uh, obviously that's been a great move um for you and then the second one a couple days later you gave up um i'm sorry you got josh jacobs back from allen and fred warner and 224 dollars in blind bid which you were going to use for uh uh, Mims, Mims, Denzel Mims. Thank you. Yeah. Um, you didn't get him, um, but at the same time, uh, this trade worked out great for you, regardless. Uh, so you gave up uh, Zeke Elliott and uh, Cooper Cup. It seems like uh, those guys, you 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 trade them and get them back a couple times a year. Yeah, um, but either one of those guys, year. I think, would be really helping you right now. Um, no, probably not. But, but Jacobs and Warner, Warner especially today, I think he had how many twenty-seven points or something for you tonight. Yeah, yeah, he had a big game. Yeah, uh, like you pointed out earlier, um, I hadn't invested a lot in the IDP, so um, that was kind of the move there. Mm-hmm. Warner's a guy <clears throat> should be useful for a handful of years. Um, I know Mr. Graves' opinion of Mims. I think that deal would have looked a lot better for me um, just as a future piece. But um, Mm -hmm. yeah, it still worked out. Just, uh, you know, Elliot, you could argue is better than Jacobs. You guys already hashed all this, but um, I think it worked out short term at least because, um, you know, he hasn't, he's missed a couple weeks here and has just been infected as well. So, yep. And then injury-wise, aside from Chubb missing a decent amount of time and some other guys here and there, I know Julio missed some time, um, you didn't really seem to be impacted too much with injuries this year. So um, seems like you made a lot of lot of trades in the offseason. You made some 
uh, shrewd specific trades towards the end, um, and you had the benefit of of really not getting screwed. Um, I don't know if screwed is the right word, but uh, really harmed by injuries. Um, so it kind of shows you got to kind of make your own luck and take advantage of the opportunity. I think that's one lesson, I think, for the rest of, uh, of us. Um, when you get to this point, you got to be all in to win. And your trades here at the end uh, with Deshaun Watson and Fred Warner and Josh Jacobs really show that you're in it to win it. And this is why you, you're playing for the, your third straight title. So commend you for that. Gee, thanks, Chris. Thank you. No problem. All right, now it's Mr. Chuck's turn to be on the hot seat. Uh, Chuck, uh, let's break your roster down and your, your season of, of moves. So um, one of the big moves uh, or big differences I see in your roster this year and last year, and we'll cover the trades in a second here, but uh, Russell Wilson, don't have him. He was your quarterback last year, but he also drafted Kyler Murray in the first round last year. And um, Kyler Murray had an incredible year this year. Um Scored almost 100 points more this year than he did last year. Kind of became a fantasy superstar that you were probably hoping. But um, as we'll see in a second here, you you early on traded Wilson. You had you showed confidence in in Murray here, um, and that really paid off for you. Um, so let's break down some trades here. Your your season. So back in early February, um, gave up uh, Geo and a second round pick, and you got Keanu Neal. And then shortly after that, in March 1st, you. Um, uh, acquired Khalil Mack and some other picks for Russell Wilson. And uh, those kind of showed you were building your defense. Um, and you ended up with a number one defense this year. So early focus for you. And that showed a lot of con- lot of confidence um, trading uh, Russell Wilson, to, you know, for a defensive piece. And you got some other picks too, of course. But let's get your take on that. Is that Was that a true focus for you early on? Am I reading that correctly? Yeah, I mean... I feel like with IDP leagues, this is I almost have more more fun now with the IDP aspect league of leagues um, or this league. Uh, but trading Russell Wilson, I mean, I kind of felt like I knew I was trading for too little a time, and I really tried to get interest from some other people. And I did think Kyler Murray was going to, or I certainly hoped he would break out even more. I can't say I thought he was going to have this awesome of a season. I'm glad he did. But I also had a good idea I might be trying to draft Joe Burrow. Mm-hmm. So that was... Which he did, yep. That was part of the reason I traded Russell Wilson ahead of time rather than waiting to deal with that once I had three quarterbacks on roster. Sure. And were you motivated, too, with the upcoming increase in IDP scoring? Was that on your mind when you made those moves? Uh, well, I, no. I mean, not necessarily. All right. So then, a couple weeks later, end of March, uh, this trade was between you and Tony. This was uh, this still probably the biggest trade of the, of, of the year for the league. Um, you gave up uh, Alvin Kamara, Amari Cooper, so two core pieces of your team from last year, and some draft capital. In return, uh, you got uh, pick 1-1, one, 1-6, one, one, 114 this year, um, and then John Johnson, another piece for your defense, um, who I believe you actually drafted the year before. I'm pretty certain of that because 
you sniped him from me. Was that correct? My uh, I'm maybe it was the year prior, sure but exactly you, you sure, did snipe but, John no. Johnson from me. I was pretty upset with you for a little while, but I forgave you. Um, but this was a huge move. I mean, you gave up two of your very core players from the la- from the previous year. Uh, you had Kamara and and Dalvin Cook the previous year, who were two of the, you know, qu- core pieces. But you also had Derrick Henry coming back, and, and you had all these, and you got these draft picks in return. So, um, just shows a lot of. I think this is a move that not a lot of people in your position would have made, because you had probably the strongest roster at that point. I think everyone would agree with that. And you were willing to sacrifice some of that for, for draft capital um, to reinvest and keep the, keep the wheel going here. Um, and I know we talked about this trade at length on a previous podcast, um, but just want to get your long view take on that. Um, was that your, were you just making this trade um, to mix things up or were you really focused just on keep things moving for the future by getting the, the draft capital that you did? Um, well, it'd be interesting to go back and listen to what I said at the time to see how different this answer is or the same. Uh, I really, I think I might've been partially boredom, partially my unending love of the fantasy draft. The fantasy draft is, really what fantasy, you know, what it's all about. You know, when I was just talking about defense, that's more like, that's like my fun goal is I'm always trying to be in the top one or two defenses for total, for total points at the end of the year. Cause I think it's fun just to, uh, you know, try to see if I can piece together the best defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I love the draft. I love drafting. And so I'm always going to be tempted by, getting draft picks, even if it means giving up a big-time player. And that's one thing, I think this was pre, we started in the podcast, we had a conversation going, and we had some talk about Kamara and other players and how they were ranked, and it's crazy that the top three running backs are Cook, Kamara, and Henry, taking out McCaffrey, which only playing, what, four games, I think is fair to do at this point. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of crazy that they're the top three running backs. But, you know, again, also, what was I going to do with that? You know, have one on the bench every week? Yeah, problem, I guess, when you have three running backs that good is you, it's hard to pick the right two each week, and then you'll just be that's, pissed at yourself. That sounds horrible. <laughs> sounds like a horrible problem to have. Yep. I think it's it's better, honestly, to have, like, a Miles Gaskin as your number three where, you know, you don't feel stupid if you didn't start him over someone that, you know, is, is really good. Um, anyways, um, so to that point, just a side note, uh, looking at your taxi squad, I mean, it's really the envy of the of the league. Um, you got Cam Akers, Jonathan Taylor, T. Higgins, and Michael Pittman on there. That's that's nuts. Take it away, Tony. Uh, just just to backtrack off of what we talked about uh, is is kind of funny. Like, obviously, hindsight is twenty twenty. Like, not a joke on the year, but uh, not not far off from that. Um, I do remember that the biggest thing, Chuck, if you remember this, that we had a conversation about, not that it impacts your starting lineup, but I did not want to part with pick one six because I felt that that's where 
uh, Cam Akers was going to go. And Chuck, nope, emphatically stated it's not going to happen. And then obviously that's where he went. And so far, like, he looks like the back of predisposed nature that we thought he was going to be. But the irony that I, I take out of the draft, like, neither of us were looking at is the 2-1 pick. Um, Chuck, I believe, ended up taking LaVisca Chanel, um, which obviously right now, like, what a difference a week makes. Like, Trevor Lawrence going to go to the Jets last week. Now it's looking like he's going to go to Jacksonville. Like, that could change it. But Chuck missed out on Brandon Ayuk by a pick. Like, what does that change Chuck's team as a result if he's got that receiver there? Um, Mm -hmm. And the other segue is I had actually emphatically asked Chuck prior to this, based on it being a half-point PPR league, I was like, I'm willing to take uh, Derrick Henry instead of Alvin Kamara um, because of the league's, like, predisposed nature. And I'll never be able to answer, obviously, if that was Chuck based on your point to boredom or just how he felt. But he's like, nope, like, I'm I'm willing to trade Kamara um, as opposed to uh, Henry. I think the biggest point that Chuck gets on this is more more than not, um, Omari Cooper lined up to be nothing. Like, Chuck may not be in the title game if he's really relying on Amari Cooper based on the fact that at the time that we made this trade, he was a, he was a top seven dynasty uh, wide receiver. And that obviously changed after week five, mm-hmm. once Dak Prescott got hurt. So um, sometimes it's the trades you make. Sometimes it's the trades that you don't. So I, I almost feel like trading Amari Cooper actually benefited Chuck in the long run. Did he get any rookies that benefited him short-term? Probably not, but that one probably helped him long-term um, and short-term in a, in a big place as he plays for a title. Yeah, that's a really good point. Sometimes it's the trades you make, and sometimes it's the trades you don't. So I'm struggling here with my PowerPoint to get the right page up here. So kind of lost my spot here. Here we go. So we're still in the preseason here. Um Grunk announced he's coming back. Chuck goes and trades a second-round pick uh, for 105 blind bid dollars, and then uses that um, to get Gronkowski for 196 um, blind bid dollars. Um, Chuck, when you did that, was that primarily were you planning on keeping him, or were you planning on trading him? No, I was. I was pretty much planning on keeping them and hoping to make other trades get my roster down enough where I could justify keeping them. So mm-hmm. if it would have came down to it, I would have traded him if I needed to. Um, but no, yeah, it was cause I had had him before he went out and if there was going to be Gronk numbers again, whether it was worth it or not, I just decided I wasn't going to need to do many, need many other free agent moves, so I might as well mm-hmm. just do it for well, the fun one, of it. This uh, is yeah. When you when you did this, I got to admit, I thought this was dumb because um, I thought Gronk was just going to be. I was I was trying to get him too, but I was just going to trade him, you mm-hmm. know, and 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 cash him in right away. 
Um, I certainly wouldn't have given up a second-round pick to get him. I thought I would maybe get him and trade him for third or fourth-round pick or, or something like that. Um, and then um, with just the depth of your roster, I'm surprised you did that uh, if it wasn't to trade him. But then we get into the season, and he, he's doing nothing. Um, and I was surprised you didn't drop him. Um, and then he paid off. And he paid off in a big way for you. Um, we'll get into your injuries a little bit more in a second. But one of the key injuries you've had this year is Hunter Henry. Um, so you really needed a tight end. And Gronk has been one of the top tight ends for the last for whatever so that means this month season. or two. However long it's been, I've kind of uh, lost track here. But he has been rock solid. And he had a huge game, two touchdowns for you today in the, in the championship. So yep. um, that's turned out to be one of the key moves I'd say for your season. And that really didn't seem like it was going to be. Um, so that definitely paid off for you. Um, and then the last trade, um, this was again, before the season even started, this was a, uh, you know, if you look at the sheer volume of players in this trade, this is with big earns. It seems very large, but I'll boil it down to a couple key players here. Um, you got Sammy Watkins, um, who you've, I believe you're starting him today in the championship game. Is, is that right? Um, I mean, you just have him and Hopkins, right? Correct, but... Not a key... P- right, he's, he's yeah. I'd say, a weakness on your team, but he's turned out to be a key, you know, significant uh, part of your of your lineup. Well, what I'm saying is that is not 100% the case in the morning. I see. Little tip for you, Becker. Watch out. Well, it's not even that. It's it's pure... It's pure indecision. You know, he has a great... He has a great matchup, so at any point... In that offense, maybe he will get to strike, even though it's not likely because he's like, you know, leftover forgotten piece. Are you insinuating, though, that you're going to maybe take off uh, one of your guys from your taxi squad receiver to start? Correct, but I don't know. even know that that's the best choice. That's why I haven't. I almost did Michael Pittman last week. I'm glad he didn't because... Hilton kind of came back, and then Pascal gets his one every four week touchdown. So yeah, it wouldn't even been a good choice. But I, well, I yeah, it's, it's still this is still all up in the air. Well, if you are going to take a, a rookie off taxi squad to start his first game, getting me in the championship of the CFL game, CFL, um, I think you're doing the right thing by not doing this tonight. Wait till the morning, right before kickoff, so he doesn't have a chance to think about it too much and get nervous. Sure. Yeah. So. I was originally going to maybe have two tight ends starting again like I did last week, but Hunter Henry went on the COVID list, so. Yep. So one of Chuck's major injuries this year has been Kenny Galladay. So if you had DeAndre Hopkins and Kenny Galladay, that look, that's a pretty darn good receiving core. Um, but, you know, when you have basically just Hopkins and then, you know, someone like Sammy Watkins or maybe pulling a rookie off to start, um, that's for, for how good your team is. Um, that's pretty glaring weakness. I would say granted again, it's part, partly be, or largely because of the injury to Galladay, but, uh, that definitely is a, a weakness I would say on your team. Um, so back to this trade, this is again, before the season, um, we mentioned Sammy Watkins. You also got Joe Schobert, one of the better linebackers, uh, some more first round picks like always. And, uh, you, what you give up those interesting. So you give up Allen Robinson, um, pretty significant and Levante David and some draft capital. Um, and my love, Gio. 
I yeah, and then you got Mike Boone back. I'm trying to re- remember. Uh, wasn't there an injury with? Oh, that's when Dalvin Cook got hurt, right? It looked like he got hurt bad or something. No, I just I think maybe Delvin was Delvin Cook still up in the air at that point on. Oh, was his contract? There was, there was contract a contract situation, yeah. Yeah, and I already I already I had uh, Alexander Madison. Yeah. I figured you know my makes just sense to have Boone, you know. Mm-hmm. That was about it. Well, interesting, uh, but man. the thing about this trade, though, is... Um, the Allen Robinson part, had I, you know, realized Dolliday would be a pain for me all season, I don't know that I would have been so eager to trade Allen Robinson here. Um, and Levante... David, you know, has been up and down the last couple of years, so I was pretty okay parting with him, even though he's still one of my defensive guys I like a lot. He has had an awesome year, but yes, uh, Joe Schobert has certainly been worth it. Um, let's circle around back. I wanted, Tony had something he wanted to mention on the Gronk trade, though, or the Gronk pickup and yeah. buying him. Yep, Tony, we're going to give you the chance. I know you just messaged us said hey too much time has passed but guess what this is the cfl podcast we do what we want so we're gonna go back to the gronk trade and give you your give you the floor sure um the biggest thing i was gonna say is at at the time i know i had messaged chuck and asked him based on how much he had spent um do you really feel confident about that and i think that your response in that moment chuck was well, I have Darren Waller. Um, at the worst, I'm buying the best tight end ever in the history of fantasy football uh, at a maximum value because I can. And that was it. And you just you let that go. And I'm not looking at the stats right now, but what, what did Gronk do tonight? I think it was 15-5 or 18-5, something like that. Um, great game. So mm-hmm. all, all things considered, if Chuck as the best team had to burn 196 bucks to get that performance in a title game, uh, worth it. Yep. Money so, well spent. Su- super valuable. That, I'm glad you brought up only... Waller. Uh, I, I didn't note him on, on the Chuck's big trades this year, but yeah, he, he doesn't have them uh, this year. He did last year. Uh, what was Waller traded for? Was it to Allen for like a late first round pick or something? It, yeah, it must have been something like that, and that was really more of a f- filled-up roster deal and thinking, you know, Hunter Henry would finally be more him, more mm-hmm. Hunter Henry and less injury, and Gronk would certainly be a suitable enough backup. You know, I wasn't down on Waller at all. I still mm-hmm. kind of, I mean, Waller I'm, he certainly kept, proved that. I yep, mean, he was still Waller. Maybe kind of wish I would have kept him. Waller was Waller this year, and you can argue that based on what he did in the past couple of weeks, like that's probably the not the biggest reason that you got there, Chuck. But holy smokes, is he an emphatic reason that you're you're there right now? I mean, if you don't own Travis Kelsey or Darren Waller. You're not here, and this is a, a huge boon to not just the Cambridge League, but any league right now. Tight end matters. 
Like, if you don't have a guy that is emphatically stating top three numbers, I mean, how how much do you think Charlie wishes right now that he had George Kittle back this week? Mm-hmm. Like, it, it changes his his dynasty makeup 100% right now. Um, and he's going to love having him back next year. But, I mean, ironically, it's almost funny that you started Gronk over Waller because um, I'm not looking at the numbers, but I, I took a peek when I was checking on Harper. And I think Waller balled out tonight, like five for 112. I don't think he scored a touchdown. So it's probably going to be, by fantasy stats, a mediocre performance. But um, all things considered, that's that's still probably like a top five performance. And he's sitting on mm-hmm. your bench. So. All right. So looking at the matchup here, um, the draft sharks preview or projection has chuck winning 156 to 153 so a close high scoring game at the time of this recording we've had several games played so far and uh, right now chuck is up 76 to 51 i'm just going to refresh this to make sure you got the right info here um couple item couple players of note here and then i'll give the floor to you guys um we mentioned grunk he got double what he's projected two touchdowns um delvin cook hit on the nose. Kyler Murray was kind of a disappointment though. I think he's a five, five to 10 points below what he's projected. So that might hurt you. Uh, but Buda Baker had a solid game as well. So overall your players have done what they've been expected to do. Um, Becker had a huge game from Fred Warner with 27 points. Um, that's significant. And that's one of the guys we mentioned that he traded for right before the deadline. But what I think is going to hurt him is Josh Jacobs, only seven points. Um, that's pretty, Pretty poor. I think it's half of what he was projected. So, um, but I think him and 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 Warner offset. So uh, it, it should be all good for you. It's going to be a very high scoring, close game. Um, so with that said, I'm just wondering. I think everyone is. Do you guys? Is there any animosity between you guys at all? Especially on your camp, Chuck. Like, you've had one of the best teams ever for like three, four years in a row. Haven't got a title out of it yet. And then Becker comes around. And wins two in a row. Now he's in it again. I would hate him if I were you, but I I like him. But it's I just, like just dismissing everything I've put together for a couple of years. <laughs> hey, don't pull Chuck, me into this. Chuck's this got a good team. Beat, I'm, I'm I'm just uh, I'm just meaningless here. I guess no animosity for my end. And yeah, if there was any animosity I had, it was it was after the first one. So. That's that's long worn away, and you know. So you you like you want some drama here, don't you, Chris? I do. I'm trying to think of gotta, something else I can beat you guys up. with. You gotta, you gotta I've, I've already resigned to lose losing. So if I win, it's going to be like a surprise. No, I know you guys don't hate each other. Um, again, I, I said this before, but Becker, thank you so much for beating Lily. Um, May the best man win here. Um, I mean, you're both deserving of winning. That's the bottom line. Um, number one and number two teams, no matter how you slice it, two different strategies to getting here just kind of shows all of us that there's not one single strategy that you have to follow to win in Dynasty. You can no build for the long term like based Chuck. On, based on a Wonder Bread situation? <laughs> just, That's right. Just checking. Just checking. Wonder Bread is always sliced so good, and that bread is so moist, and it makes the best cinnamon sugar toast. 
And then you get that generic shit, and it sucks. Yeah. 97 cent loaf of bread from Quick Trip. I mean, just the value's there. <laughs> the value's there. Well, let's, let's <laughs> find out if that 97 cent value is there based on title games. Like, I feel like I don't even know you right now, Jeff. Come on, man. Bring the wonder back to our lives. Just You should, just man. It's like... It. Just there's so many it. there's so many parallels here. It's like when Hulk Hogan came back to WWF and he was Hollywood Hogan and everyone wanted him to turn back to the red and yellow Hogan. And then he finally did, you know, what took him so long? That's how I feel about and everybody you. Everybody cheered even even yeah. though it was old and stale. Mm-hmm. Like the bread. Nobody <laughs> Chris. Cared. You want yeah. some everybody was You want, you want some so drama, excited. Chris? Yes, please. If the generic red warriors win in three peats. It will be not only the n- n- wonder red warriors not returning. It'll be generic red warriors killing the web toad wonders, and the web toad wonders might just be gone if they if they lose this matchup. What do you What are you trying to say that you'll change your name? And it, that is what I'm saying. Losers quit, man. Losers quit. Yeah. I don't approve of this. I don't endorse this. This is awful. This is terrible. Jeff, do the right thing. Yeah, he's got to work harder. I don't know what else we can do. We've had we've had polls on the website for like two years in a row. Discussions on on Group Me. We've had numerous segments in the podcast dedicated to it. I've texted you so many times. I've told you this to your face. I've even told, explained this with you in front of me to people that don't know anything about football, and they also agreed that Wonder Bread was better. Um, I don't know what to do uh, other than going and change it myself and then lock you up for being able to do it again. Uh, I'll do that. Don't don't threaten me. Um, but uh, I just want you to change it. Right, be- yeah, at best, I'll consider it. All right. All right. Well, you guys got anything else? Any more trash talk or... No, not really. <laughs> no, right. I, 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 I think honestly, um, I still like Chuck's chances here. Um, I think that matchup versus Green Bay with Derrick Henry is probably the difference. It's pretty juicy. It's I hard to have. Go it's ahead, hard Chuck. to whine about a twenty-five point lead with. Only one less player played, but he has three offensive, four offensive skill position guys going compared to my one and a half. I'll give Sammy Watkins a half, you know, so that 25 points doesn't seem so much at that point. My defense kind of let me down last week. I got to make up Fred Warner's 27 points, so it still seems a lot like a coin flip right to me right now. Yeah, it could go either way. These two teams are very high scoring, 25 points, not a big deal. Um, so this definitely could go either way. Um, I see you guys aren't going to really talk too much trash, so before we go, I'm going to give Tony the floor. Tony, any shit you want to talk about my dad? Feel free. Say whatever you want. I cannot talk shit about your dad because it's it's travesty to talk shit about 
against when I scored six six touchdowns. Is that what it was? Mm-hmm. Um, Steve, no disrespect. <laughs> Eric Wilson had a great game, and I'm I'm probably gonna win, but I I'm still waiting for. I'm still waiting for Chuck, and I'm still waiting for uh, Jeff to actually call it out and say, we digress, not the champ. We're going to give you the title because we are not the best team in Week 16. So if you guys want to just lay down on the sword and do the right thing and be honest with yourselves, like in front of God and everyone, just do your thing. Like (laughs) this isn't an Eric moment. This is a real moment. This is a fantasy football moment. Like, there are records that are being said. So, if you guys decide that you want to actually, like, have umbrage, feel free. Like, I'll take it. I will absolutely take it. This is still not a fantasy moment. Still not there, buddy. (laughs) Well, that's why it's a fantasy moment. It's, I'm kind of living in my own head, so... You guys can choose to join me, or you can just be a dick and say, oh, I'll let the best team win, blah, 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 like real football. I mean, shame on you, but that's fine. You can do that, too. It's all right. Hey, Becker, what if you, like, you know, all the games are over, you win, Monday night you win, but then you wake up Tuesday morning and it was all a fever dream from COVID. <laughs> I don't know what to say to that. Yeah. What if? What if? That'd be kind of interesting. It's kind of in like a sitcom, in like a season-ending sitcom sort of way. Well, it sounds that's, like I win. That's on... more than a season ender. That's like a that's like a uh, series ender right there. Yeah. Isn't there it? you go. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm I'm gonna take the uh, Costanza win right there. So. You guys do your shit, like tie up. That's fine. Love you both, but just Alvin Kamara is gonna give it to me. Good <laughs> talk. See you out there. All right. Last thing here is uh, after this, we have Week 17. There's no official CFFL games or anything, but want to encourage everybody pick a rival and start a rivalry game, like me and Eric did last year. Uh, we've got a trophy made up for it. Week 17 every year we play for the Floyd of Cambridge. It's a little pig trophy. Looks just like the Floyd of Rosedale. Find somebody you hate, like Lily. Imagine Lily's going to get like 14 DMs. Hey, I hate you. Let's play. Um, but find someone. Find a rival. Do it. Just play for pride. So I'll, uh, I'll actually offer this up for uh, next year um, since we're talking about little buddy trophies. Um, mm-hmm. Week 17, I will Sick actually little offer buddy. up mm-hmm. little, buddy little, trophy. Buddy, little Buddy Trophy for okay. next year. Right. Uh, whether whether we want to do a, you know, the Minnesota uh, Floyd Pig or whatever it is, like, let's, let's figure it out and let's go for something like whether it's a hot free agent pickup or just a Little Buddy Trophy for 35 bucks. So everybody can kind of play up for it. That I think that'd be fun. Make seventeen worth worthwhile in the uh, Cambridge League. Mm-hmm. Excellent, excellent idea. 
All right, la final chance. You guys want to talk some shit or say whatever you want. Otherwise, we're going to wrap this show up. Becker, you guys, I hope they all stay healthy. Becker, don't fall into this. It's reverse psychology. He does this to me all the time. You're muted, too, but it's probably for the best. Don't fall into this trap, man. Best of luck. Well played. Well played. All right, guys. Well, good luck to both of you, Jeff uh, and Chuck, in the championship game. Tony, good luck to you in 117. And good luck to me against the Whammy Doodles next week. See, we're all champions here, all four of us. So that's a wrap. Catch you guys in a few weeks.